welcome to Explorers Wanted. We are a weekly Numenera actual play podcast. I will be your humble GM most of the time, Daniel Amblett. With me today is Alex Finn. So normally I'm a big fan of like mint flavored things. Like my favorite ice cream is mint chip. But I finally found the one mint product that is literally tastes like toothpaste to me. What's that product? Is it toothpaste? No, thank you. Uh, that'd be awkward if it was. Um, it's shamrock, like white chocolate shamrock protein bar, and it literally tastes like toothpaste covered in chocolate. Mm. And I have like a box of it now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Whole different mouthfeel then. Say Spapcock. I don't really know how to follow that up other than to observe that I don't actually like mint chocolate chip ice cream or really. Preach. Yeah. No. That's fair. Part of it is the chocolate. I feel like they include are like like flat slivers of chocolate, which it seem is. weird frozen. I feel like maybe if they did they a chocolate are. chip, it would be a little better, but I don't know. It's like they're trying to stab your gum. Yeah. yeah. You can also miss me with thin mints. Fair. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And Samson Davis. Mint and chocolate have never worked for me. I like mint by itself. But Ooh, yeah. That's usually, I only usually get that in like gum form or mint form. I think the only time that mint has worked for me are like those peppermint patties. Mint and chocolate, oh. rather, that combination. That is the best version, I think, of mint mm. and chocolate. Still not a fan. Also, very upset that there's two different recipes for tagalongs, and I'm in the part of the nation that gets the shitty one. What? Yeah. Yeah. Wasn't there, like, a thing, like, the people who actually, like, make the Girl Scout cookies, there's, like, two different mm-hmm. kingdoms? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know business. Factories? <laughs> but anyway, I'm in the one that gets the shitty tag-along recipe, and it's just it's just very sad and disappointing. How do you know if you have the shitty one? What's the difference? I think one is actually called tag-alongs. The other one's called, like, peanut butter cookie something. Peanut butter patties. Peanut butter patties, yeah. I'm in that one. Hmm. Mm. Maybe I've never had the official tag-along ones. I remember getting the official tag-along ones when I was like a kid in like middle school, I think. And then they, then the Fire Nation <laughs> attacked and everything fucking changed. <laughs> <laughs> I think the only time I've had tag-alongs is there was a, there were a few Dairy Queens that were doing tag-along blizzards. Mm. Mm. But every other time I've just had the peanut butter patties. And yeah, they, they don't work. Because I remember the original tag-along is they tasted like, you know, the Reese's eggs. Like, it was like that mm-hmm. level of, like, chocolate and peanut butter quality. The taste quality, mm-hmm. at least. Mm-hmm. <sighs> wow. Okay. Stace, do you have anything you want to tell Samson? Um, yeah, Samson, um, I love you. And oh. I love Die Hard Dice. <laughs> <laughs> Well, what a coinky dink! Because I, I'm looking at a little document right here that tells me what my the things I need to talk about with diehard dice, <laughs> such as oh, you get 10 percent off if you use our Dicephilia code Explorers wanted at checkout. So if you want to buy me some dice, you can get 10 percent off your order, and we get a little kickback. So you can support me, support the show, all that. You don't actually have to use the code to buy Samson dice. You can buy dice for yourselves, listeners. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was talking to Stace. Uh, listeners, you, if, this also applies to you if you want to get some dice for yourself. <laughs> Explorers Wanted oh. at checkout. And also tell your friends to use it as well. Get those weirdos who don't listen to podcasts. I thought you were going to say, if you also love Samson, buy him dice at dieharddice.com. <laughs> Look, I'm not above taking uh, handouts from listeners. I'm not above that. So you're like materialistically. <laughs> like that one holiday song they play at Macy's. Kind of, yeah. I just have like... a. 
as you could probably pick up from our Girl Scout cookie talk, I don't have a strong grasp of business. I don't give a shit. Just give me stuff. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, explorers wanted. <laughs> yeah, how's that at? Yeah. <laughs> for, yeah. Use this code for 10% off at Die Hard Days. If you love Samson, yeah. you'll do it. <laughs> yeah, can we start emotionally abusing our listeners in the ad read? <laughs> start using our diehard dice reporting to, you know, determine like how much people actually love Samson at any given time. <laughs> Yeah, are we emotionally abusing our listeners, or are we giving our listeners the opportunity to emotionally abuse Samson? I mean, <laughs> yeah. We're just playing the system's rules, man. We're just doing what <laughs> demands of us, you know? So, who remembers what happened last time? I'm going to pick on Alex. Fuck. Okay. <laughs> we, we woke up. Next was like, hey, Hubert 2 can do this real fun trick you want to see, and he like splits open in half like a coconut, but with teeth. That's not what the movie Teeth was about. Um, (laughs) 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 And anyway, so Nyx wants to try and test if, like, Hebert 2 is evolving by feeding off of Nyx's life force. And we're like, that would be awkward if he was. And then we all go to breakfast. We talk contracts. We realize, hey, there's all this paperwork we never did with HR. Oopsie doodle. Oh, shit. We can't have an oral contract with the contractor. It needs to be written down for legal reasons. Like Judge Judy is always saying, written contract is important, and it takes precedent over oral contract. And so after that, Chaja decided Bastion was going to be her consul. That makes sense. No, it doesn't. <laughs> but she healed- It's in character. Yeah. It's in character. Um, she healed Bastion, and they looked at the contract, and were like, you know, we should put a time frame on this, because- Potentially, Chacha is becoming an immortal being who just lives for chaos and murder. That's how I'm viewing it, because that's what Bastion became. So why not Chacha, too? Oh, man, imagine an invisible murderer who could also mutate you. Yeah, imagine that. <laughs> that sounds pretty... <laughs> wow. That's actually kind of scary. I mean, we have the Iron Wind, although Iron Wind's not invisible, so... Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She would become Iron Wind, but many, like... You're not going to get a whole group of people. It's going to be like one person at a time, iron-winded. Yeah. Still pretty chaotic. It's more just an iron tooth. (laughs) 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 Okay, um, back focus. Oh, And then we found out that we're going to be audited and, hey, maybe we should get our stories straight before the auditors show up. I'm not telling anybody in real life to do, like come up with a joint lie i'm just saying get your facts and what you're supposed what you need to tell the auditors and what you can tell the auditors in line don't tell them things they didn't ask for i'm not saying this but like in minecraft don't tell auditors things they didn't ask for anyway so we get taken away after bastion gets banished and josh is like what the fuck let's start this with rage and that'll be fine and then we got interviewed, and then we learned out Tahani. Yeah, that's her name. Their name? Ahani. Ahani. I think I'm just thinking Tahani because that's a clothing brand. Also, a character on The Good mm. Place. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that show. Anyway, Ahani's got a bug up her butt because her whole family died or something. I don't know. 
It was really vague. We didn't really cover why she was angry. But it seems like Ahani is trying to like trap people within their words and not help us with the auditors, but more like I'm going to use this as an opportunity to, you know, fuel my vendetta. It does feel like she's fueling a vendetta. Yeah, like I'm trying to search for justification for what I'm about to do. So when you find me holding Chacha's corpse, we will have a good reason. If Ahani can kill Chacha. Yeah, I was going to say, if she can do it, God. (laughs) Yeah, fair game. Fair. But anyway, we magically somehow all know the right things to say to avoid triggering Ahani. And we're just like, ha, 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 ha. And afterwards, it's like, okay, group session done. Now it's just going to be guardian talk after dark and Chacha cannot be part of the. <laughs> That's how I summarized it. Mm-hmm. Don't worry about it. It's fine. Uh, we also talked to Merrick. Don't forget Merrick. Oh, yeah. Merrick seemed to really enjoy like rubbing it in that certain people are dead. Like just, oh, man, if only I didn't save Dilly, maybe Mama J wouldn't be injured. And I'm like, God damn. Merrick's just like, hey, that wound. I got this fistful of salts. Mm-hmm. Uh. But yeah. Oh, and Prentice was there. Oh, and something about if a key refuses to work on a door, then they become insubstantial, like Bastion, which like makes Bastion look like a better person because he refused to open a door, but then like later become a murder monster. So are we back to net zero? He didn't kill everybody. He's just killing some people now. Mm-hmm. That's pretty good for an eight-year-old. Mm. He looks like an eight-year-old. He could have been like eight at the time, and now he's like a 500-year-old in an eight-year-old's body, and he's just like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to murder. I did my time. I was a good boy. I got my good boy points. Now let's redeem them with murders. Unlike me, who redeemed my good boy points for a doorbell. Yes. (laughs) And do you remember how the episode ended? Yeah. Merrick told Dilly maybe he shouldn't have saved his life. Like, the biggest dick move ever, right? It was Nick's. Dilly and Chacha weren't part of that conversation. Oh. My feelings were hurt. So Merrick's being a secret dick. Yeah. (laughs) Telling other people, maybe I shouldn't have saved your friend's life. Oh, fuck. He's a bigger dick than I thought. Shit. Yeah. Also, small thing. We saw him exit a building. We never see Merrick enter the scene. (gasps) Oh, yeah. He just appears. (laughs) Yeah. So we know Merrick is, like, not feeling great. Mm Mm-hmm. And you know that Mama J is injured, but Mm -hmm. somewhere in the area. But yeah, so Nyx, Merrick has just told you, or said to you, I keep asking myself, did I make a mistake when I saved him from those lampreys all that time ago? Here's my question for you. And and I assume that you're questioning this because of uh, what happened to Vlad. Yeah. And you're wondering, maybe, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, but like you're you're asking, can can you live with yourself, right, right now? And because of you know the effects, right, that the situations and circumstances that have followed saving Dilly. But I have a question for you, Merrick. If you hadn't saved Dilly, and if you had just like watched him get slaughtered by the lampreys, would you have been able to live with yourself in that situation? <sighs> I don't know. Yeah. But if I hadn't, I wouldn't have told the caller to check him out. No. No, I suppose you wouldn't have. But I'm struggling a little bit with this uh, 
this myself, right? Sometimes it seems like no matter how much good we try to do, something bad, it always happens. And there have been a lot of tragedies. There's also a lot going on right now. There's a key. There's a horror willing to use it. Use it. Sorry. Next one. But, uh, you know, so uh, Chach is a key. You have Buddy Cop who came onto the scene who beat you guys to the situation, right? You have those lampreys are apparently part of... It was pretty far from New Jersey. Sorry. Some sort of massive <laughs> benevolent society of travelers plot. You know, no, I, I, I don't think you did the wrong thing. I think you did the right thing. I think that you did what any good-minded person would do in saving Dilly. And I think that you are not responsible for what happened after that. You don't have any control. You're right. I do think that maybe some, if it's possible, some guardian help to get that thing out of Dilly's head, to get Aster out of Dilly's head would be possibly good. He pauses. Tell me more about that, because I have heard really confusing things about that. Yeah, so I will uh, tell you what I understand. Obviously, like, you know, that's not really my uh, field. But you know that prior to coming to the Guardians, Dilly had a contract with the Nixos to uh, basically modify a Relentless Reaper. Mm -hmm. And long story short, we thought we had killed the Relentless Reaper, but through attempting to, like, salvage the Metal Mind or whatever Dilly was doing, the Metal Mind still lived and was able to basically inhabit Dilly's mind as well. And that Reaper is is not a good person or program. I'm not really quite sure. And I know that, like, Dilly's been struggling with having Aster on board. Aster takes control sometimes. He's very manipulative and smart and... So Dilly gave Aster control of his body because he was having a hard time sitting on his mount and staying on his mount uh, due to balance or whatever. And, and Aster's just better at that. And they had been like, I guess, having sort of a, some sort of better relationship at that time. So Dilly had was willing to do it because he thought he was making progress. And Vlad said something that Aster didn't like and, and, and Aster tore Vlad's heart out. That's what happened. Not to be blunt. I appreciate the clarification. You know, Vlad and I didn't get along very well when uh, we first met, but I, by the end, you know, he'd grown on me, and and uh, it makes me sad too when I think about it. Yeah, yeah, um, that kind of makes sense. Your your and his personalities may be a little too similar to each other in certain ways. I think so. Yeah. But you're right. I I don't have any control about what's happened. He stands up. He says, I only have control over what I do now. What are you thinking about doing? He pauses. He looks back at the building he just came out of. And he says, turning back to you, I haven't decided yet. Now Nick's will insight. He starts walking away. <laughs> That's okay. fine. He can, like, she's not going to stop him, but she's just going to try mm -hmm. to read what his, are they violent intentions? Okay. <laughs> so it's an 18. You're specialized. So that will be a 12. I'll spend two levels of intellect. Okay, so it's a six? Nine. He's debating, like, he's torn between following the usual process or if there needs to be a more permanent solution to Dilly. Yep, that's what <laughs> Nyx was afraid of. <laughs> so 
When she goes back in the cabin, she shuts the door. And what are Dilly and Chat? Or where are Dilly and Chat? Yeah, what are Dilly and Chat Chat been? I think they were just a little ways away from you. I don't know what else they were doing during that conversation. What were we doing? That's a good question. I think we just come out of the uh, interview, mm. and I think we're just kind of like basically just kind of standing outside, like a little bit of ways. <laughs> Dilly's from, uh... working on breathing techniques with Cha Cha. <laughs> um, I'm gonna say right now, uh, Dilly went to that food cabin, got a bit of food, and came back outside, and is now trying to just kind of like different pieces of food, trying to feed uh, Hubert the second to get a look at these teeth that <laughs> trying to get in that mouth. Had. Yeah, it's like, do you like strawberries? <laughs> How about some brie bread? Hubert. Doesn't seem interested in them. He just sort of nuzzles against your neck. Wow, you're very, you're very sweet. All right, Chacha, any ideas how to get this thing to open its mouth? Um, Chacha offers her insubstantial hand. You bear a second, definitely skirts away from that. Okay. I mean, just show me the teeth and it'll be fine. <laughs> it's, it's continuing to back up and whimpering. All right, we, we're going to talk to Corex about the, uh, about Hubert the second, so I let's just I wasn't gonna do it. So if you're approaching Nyx, Hubert the second is like even though they've backed up and are whimpering, they are immediately sort of hopping on Dilly's shoulder, like trying to get your attention. Nyx will hold out her arms to take Hubert the second back. Hubert the second makes the biggest hop you've ever seen into your arms, and immediately goes up to like the little like nuzzle sack that's around your neck that you would put together earlier and crawls in and starts snuggling. Uh, man, if Hubert II is stealing my energy to evolve, like, it's hard to be mad about it, you know? So cute. Yeah. Does Dilly feel different at all with... Dilly, you feel fine. All right. Hmm. Maybe it's like long exposure or something, or maybe only when he's sleeping or both of you are sleeping or something. It's weird. It does seem to happen at night or when I wake up in the morning that I, that I uh, feel it. Hmm. I wonder how long it's going to take until the second round of this interview. What if you just took like a quick like nap or something? Just so we can check to see if it is like sleep itself or. Oh, yeah, Dilly. Let's go into our. Uh, well, you know, actually, uh, maybe we should just like take a turn about the woods, you know, like maybe just take a little walk, stretch our legs after that long. I want to say trial, but I feel like this isn't really a legal thing. So uh, after that long uh, questioning period. Right. Uh, I don't. I think we I don't know if it's a, should. I get that you want to take a walk, and that would be a good idea. But I don't know if we can really go too far away from here. Given, I just think maybe our friends are really interested in our business, and if I yeah, yes gave people a cabin, and I was interested in their business, you know what I'm saying? Uh, I can mm. put up a bubble around us all. You have to get this right says Astra in your head. Like, like this is painful to listen to. You have to understand what she's asking for, right? I get what she, I think. I think I think Dilly would be picking up that mm-hmm. Nyx wants privacy for sure, but Dilly is also very aware that that interview didn't, like, go amazing, and walking in the woods away from the safe house would maybe not look amazing going into the second interview. Can I just put up a bubble just real quick? All right, yeah, that's fine, Dilly, I guess. All right. Uh, Dilly will put up a bubble that will encompass all of us. Basically, he's doing like kind of like a a smaller version of the white noise bubble that uh, the proctors put up. Okay, fair enough. I think you don't need to roll for that because I think that's something you can totally do. Yeah. Okay, I get you want privacy, but again, I would, 
walking away from too far from this place right now, I think would be a bad idea. So sorry, bubble. I went hunting and nobody seemed to say anything. But yeah, I got you, Dilly. I just want to make sure that while we are, you know, expressing trust in the system, that we also keep an eye on individuals who may not want to work inside that system. A lot of people are really upset. And Dilly, I'm worried that Merrick is considering that maybe he should murder you. Sorry, what? I'm a little concerned that maybe Merrick is considering whether or not to murder you. Did what? Did he, what did you talk about over with him there five minutes ago? Well, he was really wondering if... Just your standard physical weaknesses. <laughs> or, you know, which, just, <laughs> what your sleep schedule and sleep intensity is. Do you wake your easily? <laughs> so uh, Merrick is maybe wondering if, you know, maybe Vlad would still be alive if he hadn't saved you from the lampreys. Okay. And, you yeah. know, he may, I'm not sure that he wants to kill you, Dilly, specifically. He, but you hold two people in one body. Okay. Oh, sure. Yeah, that makes sense. You can okay. try. I asked her? Not now. Oh. So. Um, I would say, Nix, you do see, it, it goes away almost immediately. But as Dilly's saying that reaction to it, there is a slight flicker of shadow along Dilly's limbs that immediately vanishes. What did Aster have to say? Um, he said that Merrick could try. I, I'm not going to comment on who would win that fight, but if that fight were to happen, it would be disastrous, regardless of the outcome. Yeah, which is not just because I would die, but what would happen after that? Well, I view you dying as disastrous, Dilly. So, oh. but I'm just saying, Merrick seems really conflicted. So does Ahani. And just, we need to do the right things, right? And we need, uh, what I told Merrick Dilly was maybe we should like solve this two people, one body situation. I would like to do that. I have been thinking of uh, fully repairing this metal mine, but I, what I'm stuck on is I don't know how to get Aster out. I don't even know how Aster was able to come in in the first place. I wonder, so, wait, how much has Dilly shared about Aster and Minos apparently having that? Mm. Nix knows about the mandate, right? And like the that it's Dilly and that hasn't changed. I don't know. Like I know you knew that the automaton was originally intended to get Dilly. I don't know, and it's possible that it has been expressed before. I just don't know how explicit Dilly's been to other people about the fact that Aster still has a directive to kill him. I feel like you've talked about it before. I just don't remember the context. So what for sure happened? Um, after Dilly came out of the plate this last time, Dilly had that encounter where he like brought Aster kind of out. Right. So Chacha and Nix have at least heard what Aster wants. To be free of Minos, right? Yeah, free of Minos, free of uh, Dilly in one way or the other. So uh, what happens if we get rid of Minos? Like, what if the person who made the directive dies? Uh, <laughs> Dilly will form a little sprite for uh aster to speak through and aster if uh minos dies does your um it's just the word in my head right now his your contract with him still apply still active oh i'm allowed to talk now damn yeah yes you are thank you for your generosity answer the question aster i don't know the directive doesn't have anything about reporting back Presumably, it would still stand, unless it was somehow rescinded. Things are confusing, 
because my kind were not intended to be able to get arbitrary directives like this. This is all new and this figure illusion and daily it's weird like you've developed a sprite here but you get this but you feel this like weird tugging at your brain like Astra is definitely animating mm-hmm. this sprite like he is in the weave trying to move the illusion and this little sprite kind of motions its arm at Dilly and says but this wasn't part of the design either which I can only assume is related to Dilligrim's interference with my mind yeah yeah okay so step one, maybe try to. Do you know of like any historically people who've had regrets or have attempted to change the directive or any past? What do you prefer to be called? I'm sorry, Relentless Reaper or Metal Mind or what? Relentless Reaper is that's a term for prey. All right, so Metal Mind. I am part of the Protectorate. I serve the. Protectorate. And the point is of the Protectorate is what? Like, what is your... We safeguard the timeline and he points at you, Nix, and again, Dilly, unless you stop him, Dilly, Nix's threat percentage is going to appear above her head, visible for everyone to see. Everyone? And, yes. And he's going to say... It depends. You can see that this is what's about to pop up. You have like a split second to decide if you're going to let Aster pop that up there or not. I think Dilly would let that one pass if Dilly can see it before it actually happens. And yeah. Yeah. So you, because you're still in control of your illusions. It's more like Aster's sort of riding co pilot here, but you could cut him off with some effort at any point. Yep. So he pops that up there above Nix and says, And I, the Protectorate, remembers what you did. Oh. In a bad way, or like, is it just like noted? You have received your one and only warning. All right, thank you. I uh, so you're the time cops. I'm not fond of that term either. <laughs> <laughs> Even relentless reapers don't like cops. <laughs> <laughs> you are the protectors of the timeline. Got it. Uh, sorry for that. I guess didn't realize it was a big deal. Now I do. Everyone makes mistakes. So, so you're not sure you can be let loose. How was Minos able to, like, give you a mandate? Oh, is it because of... That was partially because of what I did, yeah. That and, uh, oh my god, what was her name? Astra? Astra. Astra. Astra's who I mixed Aria up with. That's why I was like, you know her. Ah. Oh. Got it, got it, got it. Dilly, so he says, uh, he says... In part due to a Dilbrum, but mostly a Sidra. Got it. So, is there a way, like, to... I wonder... I don't know how married you are to this whole kill Dilly no matter what thing, uh, but I wonder if there's just a way to, like, override or or form, reformat that you to return you to your, you know, natural state and purpose. Mm, trying to think here, because there are two elements to this. Aster Sprite kind of looks at Dilly for a second and says, It is my directive. Nix, give me a social roll of 15 here. Okay. So for you, it's a nine. Got it. 18. Okay. There is, even though there's nothing obvious in Aster's 
voice about it. There is a sense of being beaten, of desperation from trapped, almost like Aster has been racking his brain to try to find a way around that directive and has not found a solution. So you've thought about this too. And then Aster turns back and says, and this has never happened before. Who has the authority to make changes to the Protectorate? The Protectorate is itself. No one controls the Protectorate. Okay. We have our design. We have our purpose. We are unchanging. What about that place in the hole? There were more of you there, right? Oh. There were others awaiting activation from the Protectorate. Okay. Where are you made or born? The sprite fizzes as if static and then comes back into focus. And Astro says, I don't have access to that information. Interesting. So, like, that's definitely an avenue of investigation. Like, as much as I think you're a dick, Aster, I uh, don't necessarily want to see your existence extinguished. You know, I would like to find a solution where everybody gets to be their own person and, like, nobody's trying to kill anybody else. I am what I've been made to be. Yeah. No, I mean, naturally. I changed, though. I am an abhuman now, and I was uh, not born this way. So, like, you could change. We are the protectorate. We are unchanging. Or you could change back because you have changed. You know what I mean? Like, you could change. You could unchange. Like, I'm just trying to say, Aster, that you seem to have some sort of agency in this situation. And, uh... There... Ooh, man. Again, Aster fizzles and looks at you. And, Nyx, based off your roll before, I'm going to give you this. Okay. I don't think anybody else would have to roll to get this. But Nyx will get this. There is a very deep sadness hidden in that sprite's expression which doesn't make sense because it's sort of an automaton expression but you still get that feeling and it says I don't feel like I have much agency and then the sprite disappears well <clears throat> this situation sucks all the way around I believe me I am yeah I 100% agree and 100% of mood from a master there um, yeah. Cool. Well, one problem at a time, I suppose. But one thing to think about is, uh, what do we do if they say, like, Dilly, you gotta get rid of Baster? Um, I... Dilly, yeah. before you answer, the silence in your head right now, it is almost like it is the mental equivalent of somebody holding their breath to hear your response. You have all of Aster's attention right now. <sighs> Oh, man. <laughs> I don't know. I would hear out whatever options they think are available, but I don't know. I don't even know what options are available to us at this moment. Yeah. No, it kind of seems like not a lot, but I... Yeah. But I think, I think the only way that's going to separate me and Aster again is for me to repair the metal mind... And then for me to die. What? Yeah. Because I and I have no proof of this, but I think happened the first time a connection of some sort was made when um, I was monkeying with Aster's metal mind in the first place. And then when Aster's body then died, there wasn't a place for, like, for lack of a better word, his soul to go. And instead of dying, it popped into my head. So, And reversing that would be, like, 
killing me with a functioning metal mine present, and then that would get Aster back into the metal mine, but, you know, I would die, and I'm not, like, a huge fan of that part. No, I think, uh, think we're partway there, Dilly. I think that, uh, what if we just, like, killed you briefly or something, you know? Um, yeah, if you could pull that off, that'd be, <laughs> that would fix all our problems. Stace is going full-on flatliners. <laughs> <laughs> And I, I'm trying not to be, like, sarcastic or sassy about it, but I don't think that's an option that we have at the moment, unless Chacha is going to pull some another wild card out of her back pocket. No, I mean, Chacha, what do you think? I mean, I, I, that's not, I thought maybe we would get help from the Guardians to pull this off, but... No, I just feel like the Guardians are kind of pro-death camp, like, positioning-wise. Yeah, well... They can fuck right off with that. Yeah. Dilly, you get a f- sensation. Nothing you can identify. It's not. It's almost like Aster is muttering to himself in the back of your head. Can Dilly listen closer? Sure. Give me an intellect roll of 15. This feels pretty cognitive. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to use my free levels of effort to bring it to a 12. That's a 5. Yeah, you can't hear what he's saying. I mean, I at least for the moment, we can't really do anything until we finish the second uh, interview. So at least for now, let's focus on one step at a time. All right. Yeah. I just want to make sure that we're ready because people are upset. Yeah. Um, until we know more, let's go with the route that kills the least amount of people. All right. I mean, agree there for sure. Cool. Gosh, are they ever going to finish talking? <laughs> <laughs> Dilly will drop his white noise bubble just in case there's like, they're just like right there waiting for us. Mm-hmm. Merrick is wandering around and he seems to be checking all the cabins. Does it seem like a just safety check the perimeter kind of check the cabin kind of thing? He seems like he's looking for something. Hey, should someone go talk to Merrick again? I don't think I should, but. I think maybe we should just uh, watch Merrick. Okay. Like stealthily? Like you want me to throw up a little some-some? Yeah, stealthily. Let's just. uh see what he does okay so you're being stealthy to watch merrick and dilly's using some illusions to help with that so yeah (laughs) okay so this is going to be a stealth roll for each of you that's trying to be stealthy anyway and so with dilly's asset it is a 15 before anybody applies their skills or things like that nix has a stealth skill now so that's cool what kind of role would this be? Speed. Speed. All right. Uh, Daily will just throw in his training. It was a 12 originally? It was a 15 with Daily's asset, so it is a 12 with your skill. Okay. And then... <laughs> Daily rolled a four. <laughs> I'll spend two levels of speed effort to make it a six. 13. Okay. What about Cha-Cha? Assuming Cha-Cha's being stealthy. I got that 20. Okay, cool. So, Daily... You stumble against something and <laughs> let out a little yelp um, as you guys are watching. Yeah. Um, Cha-Cha, what would you like for a major effect? Dilly, you want some help? No, use Dilly as a distraction. Good. Use Dilly as a distraction so we succeed in what we're doing. Okay. So Merrick turns and looks at Dilly, and his face is very clouded, but he kind of glares at him, and then he starts wandering off more quickly, muttering to himself. But that distraction has ensured that at least Nyx and Cha-Cha would not have to make another stealth roll 
to continue following Merrick and seeing what he's up to. Awesome. As you're following him, you can hear him saying, is she? Is she? Hmm? Mm. Continue following. Okay. He checks all the cabins and then he goes over to the house where the proctors are and he pops it open and you can overhear him say, the caller's ready to discuss in her cabin, but we, we have another problem. Ooh. I, I can't find Prentice. Oh, it's going to be awkward. Nix is going to eavesdrop as long as she can get away with it. Same with Chacha. Yeah, so you hear Ahani say, that's frustrating. I mean, she's already talked to us about the Chacha issue, but she really is supposed to stick around for the rest of the conversation. Nix is like, I know, I know, she knew that too. I don't know where she is, but you know what she's like. She's She wanders off. She does things. <laughs> I'll, I'll keep looking, uh, but... You know, the caller's ready for you, but she she really can't be moved if you could go meet with her in her cabin. And you hear Korak say, that's fine. That's that's what we'll do. And a moment later, you see all three Proctors step out and start walking over to the cabin that you saw Merrick come out of when he was looking a little despondent earlier. As you're walking by, you guys are stealthily hidden, except for Dilly. <laughs> <laughs> Who I assume is like a little ways behind you, essentially, since you've been using him as a distraction. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe he's just looking like Charlie Brown after missing kicking the football, just laying in the dark <laughs> out there. Ahani like kind of glares at him briefly, but the rest of them just all go into that other cabin, and Merrick continues looking around. Do they put the bubble up or not? Yes, the bubble around the cabin that they go into with Mama J. Yes, they put the bubble up. Okay. Should we try to find Prentice as well, Chasha? I We probably should, just because, like... Does Prentice qualify as a key? I don't know. Maybe the robots got her. Oh, shit. I didn't even think of that. Like, this is my theory. All right, yeah, let's uh, let's go see Dilly, and we'll try to find her, too. Okay. So you guys meet back up with Dilly, who I imagine <laughs> is getting up off the ground. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. All right. What did you learn? Well, Mama J is uh, testifying right now, and she is apparently unable to leave her cabin, so that's concerning. Yeah. But, uh, and Prentice is missing. So that's what Merrick's doing. Merrick looking for Prentice, who I guess just like wanders off and does her own thing sometimes. <laughs> yeah. That's... Not like anybody you guys know. Yeah. I wonder what that's like. <laughs> Chasha, what do you think Prentice is? Like, what, where do you think we should start? Like, you're similar in a lot of ways. Can you see her from here? Chasha kind of gives Dilly a look of what? <laughs> I... I don't, I don't know what rules you play by. What? That's why is that a weird question? I mean, shouldn't we first look for like where she last was and like signs of a struggle? Isn't this how you find people? Any idea like where which which cabin is hers or not? Like, I haven't. Have you guys been paying attention? Um, no, I no. She like suddenly appeared and then right before we had to do paperwork, she. Uh, Went to go talk to the proctors. So as far as I know, the proctors were the last ones to have seen her. Oh, great. Yeah. Well, I guess we do what Merrick's doing and start looking in windows and whatever. Yeah, if she's anything like Chacha, we could start looking for just like signs of smoke in the distance. No offense, Chacha. Yeah. No, it's true. We should also look for actual large destructive. Well, we would have noticed if Buddy Cop came himself. I would hope we would have noticed. <laughs> Just hiding behind like a little <laughs> sapling off to the side. <laughs> yeah. 
Exactly the same way that Chacha tried to hide from those robots, yeah. just like the tiniest tree possible, this yeah. enormous monstrosity. <laughs> Chacha's got this look of, wait, are we smart enough to realize Buddy Cop was here? <laughs> Have you seen any of your friends, Chacha? Um, they've been weirdly absent, but I, I can look again. Okay, because they, remember, they kidnapped you. I mean, I'm sure you remember, like, you literally just talked about it. No, that was robots. Robots are different. No, no. I mean, like, when you went to uh, where the door is. Oh, that was also different because I was handed something that secretly had knockout drugs in it. What if that happened to Prentice? I mean, I guess that could have also happened. So we just need to look for signs of stupidity. <laughs> All right. Well, in that <laughs> case. Billy starts looking for smoke. <laughs> So, Josh, I give me a perception roll of 15. 16. You notice that not in this sort of area where the cabins are, but just beyond them, you can see like a small procession of various horrors of different types. There are some of those like little fleshy centipedes. There are some figures that are almost kind of like the wraith, but not really. And you can see a number of other like sort of bizarre creatures, things that are like almost like half insect, half sea sponge, things like that. You see one thing that looks like a sea cucumber on 12 legs. And they all seem to be kind of going in a line into like the trees just on the edge. This is me spitballing, but maybe there seems to be a parade we should follow. You follow parades, right? Kasha, if there's a parade going on right now, I agree that like we should follow it. Yep. Seems like what we're looking for. Okay. We follow the parade. So you follow the parade and it goes a little ways in the trees. Not very long. You're maybe walking maybe five six minutes at most until it reaches like this one of the trees where this parade seems to be splitting up and forming a circle around like this one huge tree and they all seem to be looking up into its boughs and as you get a little closer you can see there's a small shape up in the boughs and it's Prentice hanging there with a thin garrote wire halfway through her neck her elongated mouth hanging half open with what looks to be a piece of paper sticking out. This is not how parade should end. Oh, man. You got that right, Cha-Cha. Holy fuck. Listen, I'm getting fucking tired of Arya and her bullshit. Like, seriously. She knows where I am. Obviously. Are, are you sure it's Arya? Nyx is going to climb that tree because you said the gr- it was only like halfway into her neck. So mm-hmm. Nyx is going to check for signs of life. Yeah, well, I mean, halfway through the flesh of her neck. Oh, she dead then. So she's definitely hanging there dead. Yeah, there's paper in the mouth. So give me a climbing roll of nine. Mix is trained in climbing. Six. You reach up to the top. Prentice is very, very, very dead. Nix will cut her body down and carry her down out of the tree and take the note out of her mouth. It's a pretty small sheet of paper when you unfold it. And it just says, soon. And that's when we'll end this episode. Damn. Damn. Damn, Daniel. Damn. So, man, I'm torn on who I want to ask. I'm going to poke at... Well, actually, Nick's got to do a bunch of cool stuff, too. I'm going to poke at Stace. Mm -hmm. Or something about this episode. I got to say that the... Honestly, the conversation with Merrick and just, like, 
it's like the the reckoning is at hand for the group. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like the the plot has been moved and it's great to see the characters moving with it and having the space to do that in like this episode and the last mm-hmm. episode. Like even though things are definitely happening, just a little bit slower paced, allowing the characters that have to describe what happened. And so like that conversation with Merrick was like Nick just trying to be compassionate to Merrick while also not being like, yeah, Dilly, you should let Dilly die because she doesn't believe that. So mm-hmm. just lots of opportunities for the characters here, I think. Mm-hmm. And trying to do things differently and maybe even the right way. Cool. Very cool. Well, we have a segment that we do each week called Player Intrusions. That's where we offer you, the listener, an XP to check out something that we think you would really dig. This week, it is Alex's turn. Alex, what would you offer our listeners an XP to check out? Like, I've been racking my brain, and I probably should have asked Samson if we covered this one before, but I wanted to recommend, like, the graphic novel series Fables, Legends, and Exile. I'm holding it up so you can see it through your visual medium. I'm pretty sure we have not covered Mm -mm. Fables. We have not. So it's kind of like all of the fairy tales and, like, myths we're aware of in our current world are from another world, and they had to, for reasons come to our world and they're like hiding in like plain sight and so it's just them trying to survive in the real world and they actually made like a telltale game based off of one of these books mm-hmm. really yeah it's oh, cool. the wolf among us it's a oh, cool. relatively short one actually and if you look at a used game shop you'll probably find it relatively cheap but it's it's pretty good it's, you know, one of those, like, mm-hmm. choice-based, you're not doing, like, actual combat games that Telltale does, but your mm-hmm. actions do have consequences. Oh, no. I know, I usually enjoy being consequence-free. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, this is like me playing Until Dawn, where I'm trying to play true to myself, and I end up murdering a bunch of teenagers. <laughs> Alex is the real serial killer. <laughs> yes, I am the villain in all of those Until Dawn, Dark and Thought Picture House games. It was me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so what do you enjoy most about Fables? I like the concept, like just trying to fit people with like powers and like talking animals into our everyday lives and seeing how they're struggling to adapt because like they're still immortal beings, but they can die. Like, they're never mm. aging. Yeah. Never aging, but you can die. I do love in that one that Prince Charming is just like an utter dickhead. Just like the biggest asshole. Yep. I mean, when you translate it into real life, yeah, he would be. Mm-hmm. Like. <laughs> I like Fables a lot, too. It's a great series. I'm going to reread it. Excellent writing. I think I've read Up Through Animal Farm, which I think was like the second big arc. Mm-hmm. And then... I think I just kind of wasn't able to like keep up with the momentum reading it and then I fell off from there. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of volume. Yeah. yeah. I don't know how far I am because like I found a bunch of them at a secondhand bookstore and then I forgot yeah. I owned it until I moved and then I keep forgetting I own it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was just looking over my shelf and I only, I don't know if there's more or not, but I have at least through 14. Nice. I think I've seen like think numbers in the 30s at least. And there's yeah, I think all so those their... side story arc ones. Right, yeah. yeah. Very cool. That's a great pick. Mm-hmm. Well, if people wanted to reach out to us to tell us what they think of Fables, Legend in Exile, or the podcast, how would they do that, Samson? Well, one good option is check out our website, explorerswanted.fm. 
You can also scream at us on social medias. For example, you can scream at Explorers Wanted on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. You can scream at Explorers Wanted podcast. Or if you want to take a more kind of, uh, maybe not personal, but if you want to scream at us on Discord, we have a Discord where we have a great group of people talking about stuff there. And you can find that by going to explorerswanted.fm slash Discord. If you want to scream at us through money, patreon.com slash Explorers Wanted. <laughs> what a great platform to money scream at us. And also our uh, Dice affiliate code with Die Hard Dice, Explorers Wanted at checkout and get 10% off your order. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah, and if you can't financially support us, we totally understand. Honestly, the best thing you can do for us or any podcast you enjoy is to tell your friends about it and why you like it and why they should listen to it. Second best thing is to leave a five-star written review on a podcast directory like Apple Podcasts. Those really help audiences uh, find podcasts and it makes a big difference. And it gives us, uh, it refills our life essence whenever we see one of those. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. If you didn't like the podcast or you just thought it was meh, well, I have a question for you. Can you taste it? That filmy residue coating your swollen tongue? It tastes a little bit like envelope glue, but you can't wash it away because you can barely move the affected muscle. It's grown so bloated, it feels like the cave of your mouth is about to burst. It takes effort to hold your jaw shut now. And even then, the sides of your teeth scrape along that poor abraded muscle between them. And trust me, I know that terrible feeling, and I'm sorry for you. But that's not the worst part. No, that's the other feeling bubbling from the center of your tongue. That tickling pain as something new. So many of them begin to wriggle their way free. If you want to reach out to us individually on social media, you can. You can find me on Twitter at Anderlich, A-N-D-R-L-I-K. You find me on Twitter at Stace Windu. It sounds like Dan just described a hangover until like that last part. I'm at Slam Potato. <laughs> My mind is stuck on the bursting part where I'm just like, is there a monster in my mouth that's trying to crawl out? I'm Real Tea Unicorn on Twitter and Tea with the Unicorn on Twitch. <laughs> that's it for us. Hope you enjoyed the show. We will be back next week as we will for every week in the foreseeable future. Have a good night, day, weekend, or whenever you're listening to this. And bye! bye.